the next two years were a bit of a journey. So uh, I realized that the first mistake that I was making is that I put this mask of professional and appropriate and the business owner on this mask uh, mm-hmm. where I was sort of being this one thing at work and, you know, being the successful business owner and then, you know, sort of escaping that on the weekends and, and trying to get away from it. Are you happy or still wearing a mask? What is the one thing that you need to do in order to get the rewards that you desire? Stay tuned and find out. Welcome. Okay, here's the question. You serious? How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Come on. Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up? What the hell is up? My Dark Horse friends and family, welcome back to your weekly dose of Mask Peeling Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. I have been in the coaching and course creation and online space, gosh, since way back in the 90s. So I've got a little bit of experience under my belt, and yet here I am, still learning. I'm here to share with you what I have learned and am still learning about course creation, coaching, and entrepreneurship. And who are you? Well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur, more specifically an infopreneur with a coaching and online course model and business, or perhaps you're just hoping to be one of those very, very soon. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, and just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the info empire. It absolutely deserves to be. And that's why I'm bringing you another big episode today. Today is Russell Pearson. Now, Russell was raised in a family of five boys. And whether it came to that last chicken bone on the table or the attention of the local girls in the sleepy little town where he grew up, Russell was born to compete. At the ripe early age of eight years old, he focused strongly on his art and produced the first gallery showing back in 1985. Wow, that's way back. Now, he's trained in design, so he took to the world of advertising and discovered the joy in competitive communication as well as attraction. He loved the competition in business. This love evolved over time to brand positioning and marketing, which continues to be his playground today. Now, while other marketing professionals will run from competition, Russell seeks to work with those companies deep in competitive arenas. He focuses on competitive business strategies in creating tactical advantages. Excuse me, tactical advantages. Russell captures and secures markets for clients rather than forcing their business growth into ever-shrinking niches. Russell helps companies thrive in these spaces all while having fun doing it. Man, that's what it's all about. Russ is going to come on here and bring his expertise to the mic and share some thoughts about looking back for clues, asking if you're happy or still wearing that mask. He's going to remind you to stop faking it until you make it. He's going to chat to us about the red ocean, blue ocean falsehood and tell us that one thing that we need to keep doing in order to get the results we all desire. Yeah, so as per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing, G-O-L-D, spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, Russell, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur, brother. How are you doing tonight? I'm very good. Yourself? You know what? I am three shades of wonderful. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. there's a a saying, if I was any better, I'd be uh, standing on my head. There you go. I don't know whether that'd be better or not, but I'll take that as a compliment, right? It's funny. You're probably, if I think about it, you're the fourth guest I've had on from down under, right? You're down in Australia. We're we're just chatting about that a minute ago. So what time is it? Yeah, that means you've only got four more of us to go. That's right. I got all eight of you then, right? <laughs> um, but I've had some amazing conversations with folks. And speaking of that, I just want to, you know, hush my babbling mouth for, for a few moments and let you tell your story, the good, the bad, the ugly, that kind of brought you to where you are today and kind of why you like doing what you do so much. 
Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm not going to go back to, to childhood or anything crazy like that. Um, <laughs> I only to actually, yeah, the, the, yeah, I was born. Yeah, the, <laughs> there was there was one point though. Uh, you know, the question is whether entrepreneurs are born made or that. Those, yeah. those sort of topics. Um, when I was a child, I uh, I would draw, and I was quite good at drawing. And um, there was actually a, an art class that I uh, I joined, and, and and at the age of eight, there was a uh, a gallery, you know, had my stuff in it, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it was around that time that my my dad, who was running his own business, uh, said, "Oh, you should do something with this art." Um, and so they ended up buying me the, some markers, some uh, fabric markers, and we got these little kids' t shirts. And I drew these cartoons on the T-shirts and we sold them at the local uh, folk store and um, they sold, and it, which was very, very cool. So, I mean, my, the, before the age of 10, I already had some form of experience with uh, entrepreneurship in some form or fashion. And I didn't think, I think uh, once I got to um, working out there in the, you know, in the big wider world that I was entrepreneurial, but I think it was, it was seated way back then. It's amazing how those little things early in your life can have that little impact that really doesn't blossom until later on, right? Yeah, you look back and you realize, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing <laughs> this a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, uh, and so I was about 25 years old when I, uh, when I realized that I was doing nothing with my life and uh, thought, well, what do I need to do? And Podcasts were starting to come up, and you know, people like Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and all those were on the uh, mm-hmm. on uh, the equivalent of the the internet radio, and uh, they were sharing that I could do more with my life. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, what else could I do? Anyway, um, I grabbed the Australian dream, which is very much like the American dream, just without the picket fence. And within the next <laughs> two years, I married my high school sweetheart. I'd uh, you know we had a baby on the way. I'd started my business, and uh, we'd bought our first house. Um, and I, I sort of chased that dream for about 10 years and did reasonably well at this, you know, business owner thing and uh, started a marketing company. Uh, we had about 12 employees, uh, won a few awards. Um, anyway, lying in a bed about 1 a.m. staring at the ceiling, I'm thinking to myself, "Where? how did I get here? <laughs> As you do. And down the hall, I hear what sounds like a little girl like screaming for a mother and I'm like that's not one of mine and it wasn't it was like a 90 year old woman and she was screaming and crying and she was in pain she was scared because um, she was in hospital she didn't know she where she was um, uh, but she was in hospital with me and I was in hospital and I'm wondering how I got where I was and I didn't mean in hospital because I was pretty straightforward I'd come in uh, you know, seven days earlier, uh, they said, you know, Mr. Pearson, go home. You're fit and healthy and young, <laughs> young. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a week after I, I come in in a critical condition because they just sort of missed something. Mm. Uh, but what was interesting is that I'm lying in a hospital bed for like two and a half weeks and it was the first time in over 10 years that I'd stopped and mm. actually stopped to think. <laughs> And I realized that I'd built this sort of juggernaut that I really wasn't happy with. And while, sure, we were doing good work, I didn't love the clients I was working with. I didn't love the day-to-day work. And I just realized how unhappy I was, Um, which is interesting to realize that. Um, You know, I think it's almost like a cliche to realize it close to 40. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, But... uh, the next two years were a bit of a journey. So uh, I realized that the first mistake that I was making is that I'd put this mask of professional and appropriate and the business owner on this mask uh, mm-hmm. where I was sort of being this one thing at work and, you know, being the successful business owner and then, you know, sort of escaping that on the weekends and, and trying to get away from it. I'm like, that's why I'm not happy. I'm pretending to be someone else. So I went through the process of taking that mask off, which I don't know if you've ever done anything like that, but it's pretty painful. <laughs> yeah. It's glued on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've, you've been you're walking in this persona for so long that it can actually be really painful to take off. And what's interesting is when you do take it off and start being you, uh, whatever that looks like, but a more, more real version of you, mm-hmm. um, it, it could be a bit raw and revealing and a bit scary. So... What was cool, though, is that I just started being myself. I started being myself in every aspect and things changed, you know, as they do in life, um, especially when you start being more yourself. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and what happened is that I I started attracting all these people I loved working with. I'm like, this is weird. I started attracting all this work that I loved doing, which I thought was unusual. Um, and suddenly, I, I, 50% of the business that I created was all these these things that I loved doing, which was the advisory work, the the actual uh, helping the business owners with stra- strategy and right. uh, understanding like where they were going. And I'm like, wow. And so one day I'm doing my uh, accounting, you know, you're looking at the reports as you do as a business owner. And I realized that 50% of the business is me doing this advisory work, which I mm-hmm. loved. But 50% of the business was these other 12 people that were sort of breaking even, mm-hmm. um, but was not an area I loved. And so I, um, I was going to give it away. I'm like, I'm going to give away the production side of my business, all the done for you stuff, all the websites and the graphic design, and the video promotion. I'm just going to give it away. And a mentor I was working with at the time said, before you do, <laughs> <laughs> let's have a chat uh, because there might be other options. And uh, we sat down, we got a piece of paper out and we started writing some options on it and we created a plan. Um, and that plan uh, really worked out because I was able to sell the production side of the business to a, a, a colleague and a friend. Uh, who's continuing to run it today, uh, I get to do the things that I love working with the people I love, which means that I have a business I, you know, I get energized from. So at the end nice. of the day, I have more energy <laughs> right. than actually when I went in, which is uh, a complete reflection to how it was before. Uh, and I get to talk about and do things that I love, which I love the, the strategy. I love the sales and marketing side of things. I love communication. I love working with people to get over their own stuff. Um, and so that's what I'm doing on a day-to-day. Now, I go back and speak to my, my friend who's now got this business that's probably four years ago now, and he's killing it. He's doing well. My employees are doing well. Nice. Uh, and it's really nice to actually see the evidence of, uh, of success from that plan that I got from sitting down with a mentor and, and having them help me understand yeah, what sorry. my next steps could be. Yeah. Yeah, I know sometimes... You're just like, if I just did this, like just give it away, I can focus on what I want to do. But uh, sometimes the easy answer isn't always the easy answer, right? It's easy because you can just say, okay, I'm done with it. Uh, There we go, right? Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I think- I think it, it sounds sounds like it, pay, it paid out very well for everyone involved. Obviously, it worked great for you because now you're focused on the folks you enjoy, and I'm guessing they're doing the things they enjoy. And everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah." And that's a, that's the coolest part too is that the, the work that I'm now doing it's it's mainly with like specialists, um, you know, specialist advisors and service providers, so people who are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the best salespeople in the world, not necessarily the best marketers in the world. So I just make it easy for them on that side of things. But what's cool about it is back when I was running the marketing company, uh, and even before that, when I was working for someone else, uh, I realized that there there is all these instances where we're going out saying that a company is this and we're promoting them as that. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, they're not that thing we're promoting and they, they don't keep the promise that we're making out to the market. And so they might get people who come and shop with them, but they don't stick. They don't stick around. So that's right. cool that I'm now working with people who are really good at what they do. So when they get a client, they keep a client. You know, they they you know, make it better. <laughs> do you think, I want to go down that rabbit hole for a second. Do you think those folks that are doing that, right, that, that are doing what they're doing, but not getting it to stick, is it the they don't know how to do the follow through. I know a lot of folks are like, oh, I just want the sale. I want the sale. But they forget about the back end piece of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. There's two. I reckon there's two, there's two aspects to it. Okay. Um, one was a really cool revelation, actually. So I'll get to that second because that that's like some nice tease. There you go. Huh? Uh, <laughs> but the first one is, is saying is faking it till you make it, which is like nonsense. If, if you're out there pretending to be something in the market and people come and experience you, they realize very, very fast that you're yeah. not that thing. And so we were, I was talking to a professional services company and we'd been working with it for a while. I realized that, the, that yes, they were getting people to work with them, but they weren't sticking, they weren't growing, right? The, the amount that we were succeeding. And so um, I called them up during one of those campaigns. We'd, be, we'd, we'd position them as mo- the most professional. If you come and deal with this company, you get the most professional experience, the most qualified people. You're gonna be very happy with that professionalism side of things. And I call the company and I get a trainee on her first week who sort mm. of drops the phone, yells at somebody in the background, picks up the phone and says, oh, sorry, sorry, what? 
and the whole professionalism we just spent all this time and money right out the door. working just exploded in my face, right? And and that's when I realized how different the things were when someone said that they wanted to be a thing. And so I started questioning that from then on. I'm like, we want to be this thing. All right, well, tell me where you're doing that thing. Well, we're right. not doing that thing yet. Well, what are you doing well? <laughs> because let's lean into that. You know, so that's right. that was one side of it, of the coin. Um, the other side and the, the, the sort of cool realization is if you know what problems your clients have or your customers, if you're doing product work, if you know what the, if you know what the problem is and you know what the outcome that they want is, and then instead of going, how does my thing fit and shoehorn into that space <laughs> and go instead, what would be the best, the best way to get them from where they are to where they want to be? You literally go and design mm-hmm. what would be the best steps to make it happen. And then you do that. <laughs> and then people come and work with you. Right? Like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I, that, that, those two are, I think, killers. A couple of things I, I tend to live and breathe by. One is be you, right? I've done, uh, you know, I did the corporate career thing, you know, Coca-Cola, yeah. Home Depot, David's Bride, blah, 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 blah. I've done the three-piece suit short hair, you know, nice guy, right? As you can see now, <laughs> long hair in the beard, not Living me, the dream. right? I, I just, I could, I, I could be me. I could sneak a little of me in there, but it wasn't me. Uh, once I started just letting Tracy be, then the right opportunities just presented themselves, the right job yeah. opportunities, the right, uh, you know, client opportunities. So, First off, that's number one. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons or uh, foibles in the uh, the two aspects you mentioned. One is the fake it till you make it. Usually if you're faking it till you make it, you're trying to be something that you're not. Not that you want to be or could be. If you be what you are right now, people will resonate with that. Yeah. Right. You, you, You just have to be one or two steps ahead of who you're helping. You don't need to be 87 miles in front of them, right? Just just a few steps and you can mm. share that knowledge and bring them along. And I, I, I like the other one. That's the, the bigger re- revelation of, yes, yeah, stop trying to shoehorn your solution into everybody's problem. Find that solution to who you, I call it their tribe, right? So once you yeah. start being you, those people start you know, they come into your sphere of influence. Well, now you can ask them the questions and connect with them and figure out their problems and go, oh, I can fix that problem. And then you go fix it. And they're like, here, take my money, please. And there's um, there's there's two extensions to both of those. One, one is a bit visceral, <laughs> but I like to say it this way because people remember it. Stop trying to jam square pegs into round holes. Mm. Just stop it because- it's painful <laughs> yeah. and and people don't like it. Right. So, so stop trying to do that because uh, every digital marketer who has a very specific thing mm-hmm. says that it's the thing that's going to get you the clients when in actual fact, it might not be the thing that you need right now. So square pegs, don't jam them into round holes. And the other side of things is everyone, I don't want to say everyone's statements. So I've got to, I've got to like wash my mouth whenever I say that. Well, but yeah. Yeah. A lot of folks. <laughs> there are a lot of folks. Yeah, there are a lot of folks who are saying that it's all about attraction. It's all about attraction. But in actual fact, more than half the work is about repelling. You want your marketing to repel people that you shouldn't be working with 100%. because you will be killing yourself in time trying to qualify them after the fact mm-hmm. if your marketing doesn't stop them from coming in the top of your funnel. Yeah. And those guys comes back to what you were saying earlier. Those are the clients that you don't want to work with anyway. Yeah. I mean, it could be great for someone else. Yeah. You're just like, right for you. Yeah. hundred percent. So with that, I, um, there's a gentleman that, uh, that I got to know pretty well. And, uh, he started just being himself, like a little backstory. He did, you know, he did a little stint in prison. I think it was five years or whatever. And he came out and he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make something of myself. And he did, he did. I saw pictures of it, the suit and the whole thing. And it just so wasn't just looking at it. You could see, um, yeah, that dude, that's not you. When he mm-hmm. took that off and put the baseball cap on and the, the T-shirt and just got on the microphone, he's in the podcasting arena, and just started blasting his thoughts, 
You know, uh, it was like it, everybody started coming to him like, dude, I need you to help me with that. I need you to help. How did you do that? And he's he's killing it nowadays because he just he vibes with that certain that alpha guy. Right. He does. Yeah. He doesn't put the suit on. He's like, nah, dude, I'll, I'll wear my Crocs on stage. Thank you very much. and i was talking to a uh i was talking to a a coach uh yesterday um on my own podcast which is the marketing report just throwing it in there yes um but the uh she is almost identical to me in our backstory the 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 work that we've done um our our philosophies right Mm -hmm. so we're, we're, we're really we're we're even we're in australia and we're we're direct competitors if it wasn't for the market that we serve we would be direct competitors because uh, even we, we even look to the same target market, which is these specialists. Mm-hmm. But I work with frustrated business owners who are not happy with what's going on. They're, they've been spinning their wheels, three mm-hmm. steps forward, three steps back, getting some of the same results, which is not the results that they want, right? They're frustrated. And sometimes yeah. they can be angry and sometimes they can lash out. Mm-hmm. Right, I love working with those people. I love it. I love the frustrated ones, uh, where she doesn't like them, doesn't like working with them, doesn't resonate with them. She wants to work with the more heart-centered people. Love heart-centered people. I love it, and I and I can help them. But the best ones I can help are the ones that are frustrated because they're gonna they're gonna run into a wall, and I'm gonna be that wall, and we're gonna we're gonna work together. Yeah. Whereas the 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 hard set ones that they need to be stepped through the process, mm-hmm. and that's what she prefers. She loves that, and I'm like, this is fantastic because we're so aligned in our in our principles and our philosophies that we become really really good referral partners for one another. Mm-hmm. And um, it is very much a case of not just what you do, but how you do it, and how you want to do it. Yeah. Too. So there's so many different ways that you can break it up. Yeah. And I think a third thing on, on those those aspects you were talking about and what you just saying kind of proves that is if you narrow down who you serve, right? Everyone calls it niching down. Yeah. If you narrow it down, you've narrowed it down to those frustrated, angry even business owners who are tired of hitting that wall, you know, mm. where she's got the, the heart-centered folks. If you can narrow that niche down, I think you actually open yourself up to a bigger market. You're now listening to-, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Because what I see happening, and if we use yours as an example, say I'm the frustrated or angry business owner, and I'm like, dude, I gotta go, I gotta go jam with Russell. Russell's gonna hook me up. And you do, then I'm gonna be telling everybody, whether they're angry or not, about Russell yeah. and his magic. And then they're going to go, all right, well, let me give Russell a jingle, right? You know, I, they get you on the phone and you figure out, well, yeah, you're not the angry person I, I need to work with, but I could still help you. Or I know someone who could help you and you, you turn them over to someone else and everyone still gets, you know, what they want out of the deal. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And there's different areas for different things. One of the, one of the pieces of work that I do um, is that, that design from, you know, where you've got a client to where they want to be or where you've got a prospect to where they want to be. And understanding the steps in there and, and also understanding that some of the steps in there that, that are necessary for their transformation or for the movement from uh, across that gap may not be you, right? Mm, so there's right. really great opportunities for partnerships, referrals, uh, collaboration, or niching further and going, uh, I just want that one chunk of the process and I go deep. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's where you really get to work with. I think the magic of people, because if you can help someone deep, man, they're just like, what else can I buy from you? And you're like, no, that's it, man. That's all I do. Is that right there? But they're, yeah, you can't pay for the kind of advertising you'll get from people like that. <laughs> and I've always struggled with niching. Niching is one of those things that, uh, you know, you first start, well, I can help everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, you can. Right? And you can. <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. Uh, you only got limited energy. You got limited time. All right. So um taking that into account where are you going to spend that energy where are you going to spend that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and <clears throat> understanding that if you if you can put it in the the place that's going to have the most impact for you that that's going to do the job for a lot of people but the the the, the magic in niching <clears throat> is that um more of the right people hear the message one 
Two is that you actually get to streamline your process. You get to understand this client better and, and help them faster and more effectively and, and bigger and all the different <laughs> ways that we can say that. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, the flip side is, is the, you know, the world of scarcity where it's like I've only got limited amount of, of opportunity, mm-hmm. but we're, we're, we're reaching 8 billion people. You know, and we're in a virtual world. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's only 24 million uh, in Australia. You know, we're not quite at 25 million yet, uh, which is a tiny little uh, country in the scheme of things. Uh, but number one, there's enough work here for me to have an entire lifetime of career, but I can now go to, to the rest of the world, and I, and I have certainly through the last two years, um, and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is so much opportunity for everyone. Yeah, and there's, I think there's, that's a great point. Is that there's so much opportunity? You know, the you hear the sayings, the uh, the red ocean and the blue ocean. And like, well, I want to go over here to the blue ocean because the red ocean is too saturated. And I'm like, I haven't come across a, a market, and I'm talking about a real defined market that is so saturated that you couldn't still ink a living. And I'm talking about a good yeah. living, right? Because if it's saturated, it means there's people out there frenzying and buying and spending money. Well, jump into the deep end of the pool, fool. We're on the same page. Uh, <laughs> the Blue Ocean strategy, I think, is a falsehood. Um, you know, even the Cirque du Soleil uh, example that they give in that book, if you haven't, if everyone hasn't read the Blue Ocean strategy, go and have a look. Uh, but they, they used Cirque du Soleil that they actually stepped out of the circus market and created a whole new market, but they didn't. They actually then align themselves to the theatre market, mm-hmm. and so they're in the theatre price point. They're actually competing against theatres. They just moved where they were playing, right? And so the Red Ocean, which is the place where there is blood in the water, there's a lot of competition. It, it proves that there's, there's there's work there that people are willing to pay. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, hundred percent, believe that no matter what niche you want to play in, you can at least make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. And I'm talking about ant keeping. I'm talking about taxidermy. I'm talking about uh, blacksmithing. I'm talking about like things that you go, but that's just a passion project. Yes, but you can make $250,000 easily, take home more than 120 and and be loving the work that you're doing. uh, If that's what you want, you can have anything you want. Yeah. Yeah, man, you, we're here, man. We're like this. Right? <laughs> preaching. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir here. So I think I heard in here, but uh, I want to ask the question anyway. What do you think was the key to your success? I'm going to guess it was probably that moment where you are like, where do I want to be, right? And, and I, 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 I pivot on this because I just had a, a great conversation with a, a man by the name of uh, David Selinger. He used to be, I guess, Jeff Bezos's right hand and, mm-hmm. you know, did uh, the comeuppance of Amazon and most recently is, is launching Deep Sentinel, right? Just, just this brilliant guy into AI. And he you know, had all this success and sold like three businesses and was going around doing all kinds of sales, you know, meetings with you know, levels I'm not even at right now. But he actually was coming home on a play one time. And he goes, is this really what I want to be? You know, mm-hmm. kind of like the kind of same conversation you were having. You were in, you were in hospital at the time. He was in a plane. But it, and he you just like sold this that last business and decided, okay, what do I want to do? And then started that, and he's loving life right now. So, is yeah. that where you? What kind of led to your success, or what do you <laughs> think really drove your success? Well, it's one of those weird ones. Like there were certainly moments um, where decisions were made. Right, mm-hmm. that, that that's definitely part of it. But at the same time. You know, you got you got to where you are because of where you've been, and so everything right. led up to to it. Everything from my childhood to you know, uh, uh, negative experiences through my life that shaped me one way or another. Um, you know, there. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Right, there are so many CEOs that I know that I've worked with over the years that literally have a hole in themselves where they're trying to fill with this version of success, right? Because something happened as a child, someone said something to them or whatever it might be, and they're, they're, there's a gap almost in their soul. But that makes them work. It drives them. Now, they're not happy, but they mm-hmm. get to a point in life where they have a pivot point and they go, well, I now see things differently and I'm going to go a different way. 
and they have resources now yeah. to make it happen. Now, if the negative thing hadn't happened, they wouldn't necessarily got to where they were. So I kind of live in that space of, you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh, but definitely some choices uh, came into it. One of those choices being saying yes to things that um, uh, were scary. <laughs> <laughs> i got a little story around that if you want. Yeah, please do. Um, so <clears throat> when, I, when I did start my business, I was working from home to start with and um, my youngest daughter was maybe one and a half and she was starting to knock on the door, you know, knock, 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 knock. And I'm like, I can't keep doing the knock, knock thing because I'm trying to make these phone calls and trying to have conversations. And so I ended up having to get a little office and the office was in a shared uh, facility and there are a bunch of other business people. I'm like, wow, you know, this is cool, like-minded people. And uh, one day uh, four of us decided to get together and uh, each month we would share some ideas. So I'd come in from the marketing and sales side. Another one was an accountant. Another one was a HR expert. Another guy was in IT. And we were, each month we would share <clears throat> on our expert topic and we would learn something new. And we're like, this is cool. And someone stuck their head in and said, oh, can I join you? And we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, come on in. And another person did the same. And then each month there would be more people who would come in till every month we were having 60 people coming to these events wow. <clears throat> that we had somehow put on. And I gave it a little name and uh, we were having these these regular events. And somehow I became the, the, the president of it, which I didn't think we needed a president at the time. But there you go. <laughs> Who's going to be the head of this thing? You are, Russell. You. Okay, <laughs> yes. And I say, so I said, yes. And so I'm running an event and uh, I think it was 7.30 in the morning and the speaker calls through and says they're not going to make it. Mm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this isn't good. And I'd kind of been doing MC work in the lightest possible version of that just to introduce the speaker. And I'm like, what are we going to do? And they're like, you're all right. You could talk about your stuff, Russell. Like, you know what you're talking about. I'm like, all right. All right. And so I got to the front of the thing. I did my presentation and by the, through the presentation, I'm just making excuses. I'm like, no, I'm not a speaker. So you want to put that out there. I'm not a speaker. Uh, but yeah, and then and everyone's like, oh, that's great. At the end of it, you're, if you're not a speaker, you should be a speaker, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And I put a little seed in my head. Flash forward like six months. I'm up for an event, uh, an award and I have to do a 10-minute speech and it's in front of 200 people. And I'm nervous. I don't like being in front of people. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that's definitely there in me. And and I'm like, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing. You know, I've at least I've, I've hopped on front of a stage before. I can I can do this. And I get up there and I have a case of what's called the Charlie Browns. This is what I call it anyway. Uh, there's a cartoon Charlie Brown, the teacher at the front of the classroom in Charlie Brown sounds like this. Wah 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 wah. And I hear my own voice start standing like that, and I'm like, I am about to faint <laughs> <laughs> in front of 200 people. I somehow managed to breathe through it and I do the 10 minutes and um, I get off the stage and I'm shaking and I'm sweaty and no one notices. And they go, oh, that was fantastic. It was great. I'm like, really? They didn't notice. And then 20 people contacted my company that day from the people in the room that wanted to work with me. And I'm like, so if I keep doing this scary stuff, I can keep getting a reward. Yes. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I keep doing it. And one thing I realize is that nobody knows my script, which is, you know, people talk about that in the acting game and uh, in speaking game and all the rest of it. No one knows your script. So I don't know what's going on in your head. So I start doing these, these presentations and then I keep saying yes to things. And I find myself at the end of probably a 13-year journey being the president of the Professional Speakers Association here in Australia. Wow, that's big. <laughs> Off the back of being terrified of speaking in front of people. Nice. And all of it came from saying yes to things that were scary. Um, and, the, you know, in, in The Obstacle Lies the Way, right? Yes. Another great book. Um, so there's a point in, in time where you need to go, all right, well, I'm now I'm going to start saying no to things. But if you don't start saying yes to things first, those opportunities and the resources and the things you need to be able to say no, you're not going to have them. So saying yes, I think, is a is a good first step. That's gold. Everybody, you need to rewind about five minutes there and re-listen to that. That's money. That's that's worth your time listening to this episode of the podcast right there. But keep listening, right? Keep listening. Man's got more <laughs> gems, I'm sure. Um, all right. Now, we've we just been jamming. I, I, could, I could sit here and pick your brain all, all day long, but I want to give you some time here. Make sure if folks are already resonating with, you know, folks are saying, dude, it's got an amazing voice or he's got these gems of logic. I want to check him out. Where do we want to send them to? Yeah, sure. Um, 
there's a if, if you're on Facebook, there's a there's a cool little thing there, which is the the Future Proof Business Group. Uh, you can search that up. That's it's a small community, and it's, it's mainly for those specialist advisors and um, and service providers. So, so if you're one of those, that's cool because we talk about the future of business and how you can adapt and 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 get more out of it as we are in a constant. Uh, set of change. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, uh, which I think is useful for everybody, is a Better Clients Fast, which is a, a downloadable. If you go to russellpearsonprograms.com um, and Russell's double S double L, the way it should be spelt. <laughs> <laughs> the correct uh, way. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, russellpearsonprograms.com is where you can find that. Okay. I'm going to make sure to get those links down in the show notes so people can just click right on through. I actually have that uh, that Russell Pearson's program up here on my other screen. I was checking it out earlier. All right. So I have to pick your marketing brain for a minute. You have been through a couple of different uh, things across your, your path. Yeah. Give our driven entrepreneurs one of your top marketing tips. They're like, dude, how do I get my message in front of the right people. All right, uh, big question because uh, there are right. moving parts. Yeah, um, but there are some gems, and in fact, I'm doing a, a session today, so I might even just pull out of the session that I, that I'm doing because it's about content marketing, and I think a lot of people love the idea of content marketing, um, but they they're like, "Oh, I'm doing all this marketing, but I'm not getting results." Um, usually, it, it's because you're thinking of yourself and not the audience. Mm. So, number one, it's not about you. And let me expand on that. <laughs> Just like uh, no one knows your script when, when you're at the front of a stage, it's not about you. It's about the audience. Mm-hmm. So you get over the nerves. It's the same way, same way you can do it in your own marketing. It's not about you. It's about your prospects. It's about your clients. And so knowing what their problems are, knowing what their outcomes are, understanding, notice I don't say the word solution. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. Okay. Problems and outcomes. Uh, understanding the words that they use. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, some have talked about being one, one funnel away and there's some great uh, opportunities about being one funnel away from success. But what's interesting about funnels, in particular digital funnels, is you're required in a digital funnel to already know what product your clients want, what language you need to use to convince them to, to take a step with you, where they are and what's going to be the trigger for them to pull the, you know, to, to take that step. Mm-hmm. If you haven't spoken to your audience 100 times, 200 times, and actually take them through that journey with you, then how can you automate it? Yeah. And so uh, really, truly understanding your audience and understanding it's not about you, even if you're an expert, you you have enough authority. I just want to give you that now. If you're there, you go, I'm an expert and I need to prove my authority and I need to position myself and go on LinkedIn and say that, uh, you know, look at what I've done. It's not about you. Uh, you are good enough. <laughs> right. Now it's time to actually focus on your clients and understand where they are at, speak to them in their language, in the problems they're experiencing, and just remember, it's not about solving their problem in that discussion. It's about helping them take that first step. Mm. Ah, that's beautiful. And I think it's one of the great things that content marketing can do, right? Because different folks are at different steps. And if Mm. you pace that content marketing, right, you can catch most of them in whatever step they're in and perhaps move them forward to that next step until they get to that step where they're ready to pull that trigger with you and your services. And and actually to that point, like like we talk about content marketing, but what are we trying to do? We're trying to get sales. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a sales and marketing process. It's not just marketing. A lot of people do marketing to uh, avoid sales and some people do sales to avoid marketing. Mm. They, they, they are two elements of the, of the same thing. And so if you're doing marketing and don't know what your sales process is, then you've got marketing that goes nowhere. And if you're yeah. doing sales without a marketing funnel, or what I call a tube, which is much more thin, <laughs> uh, then then you're not getting enough opportunity. So you under, you need to understand what are the steps because it's all about steps. What are the steps people need to take? First step to w- step into your world. Next step, be invited to a thing. What's your thing that you're actually uh, allowing them to take a step with you? qualifying them is now the right time because it mm-hmm. might not be. You might have ideal people, but they're not ready yet, which is absolutely fine. So how are you going to work out if now is the right time for them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you audition. 
you know, even if you're selling products, you can audition people. It's just in the in the process and the languaging of it. Yeah. And if they're and I think another side piece of that is I'm just following. I'm a step by step kind of guy myself. Um, When those folks are like, yeah, I'm not ready yet. Well, how do you nurture them along so that you're still in the forefront of their mind when they are ready? That could be two months, three months, a year later. And Mm. I think your content marketing, your email uh, strategy and pacing can help execute all of that if it's if it's all integrated together. If that makes sense. And yeah, absolutely. And you could take it even to another level. I call it a lead barrel. Imagine if you could actually put all the people who were not ready to buy now, but will be ready to buy at some point in one space. I call that a barrel, and where you can actually tap it, and you can turn it on, you can turn it off when you want. Right? Mm. <laughs> literally, literally the like the, the, the construct. Uh, and the, the, the thing that defines a lead barrel is can you be having a two-way conversation with these people? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're talking about uh, everything from meetups to associations to groups to any sort of channel where you can have a, a community-style conversation into your tribe's conversation. So uh, if you can do that, then you're keeping them in a space where they are getting the constant reminder, they are getting the nurturing. Mm-hmm. But the best thing is you get to keep your finger on the pulse and just say, what is happening for right now so that I can adjust my marketing for context. Yeah, right. And then and you're engaging them and listening to see winner listening. winner 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 chicken dinner right there. <sighs> like I said, Russell, I could sit here and pick your brain for hours, I'm sure. But I want to be mindful of your time. Um, I, I, we got you down. We're going to make sure we're going to get those uh, links down in the show notes for folks so they can come check out, especially this How to Attract Better Clients Fast program. Um, any final words of wisdom you want to leave us with? No, I think it's just uh, wherever you are is is the right place. And, and, and you can make whatever decisions you want next to be where you want to be. You can actually have everything you want. And so, you know, deciding what you want is is half the battle. That's step one right there. Russell, I definitely appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tracy. You love it. All right. There you have it, my friends, my dark horse friends and family. Russell Pearson dropping some unmasking bombs on us. What thoughts resonated with you? Hmm? He had so many pieces of gold in there. Let me share a couple of them that kind of clicked with me. Thought number one, look back for clues. Russell mentioned at the their ripe old age of eight years old, he'd already seen that gift for drawing. His parents bought him some markers, which he in turn used to create some drawings on t-shirts and sold them at the local, local market. I think so often in our early years, we do show signs of what we are internally drawn to. No pun intended there on the drawing part. But, you know, life and circumstances and sometimes even the people around us pull us away from what could quite probably be our true calling. So what? So what, Tracy? Who who cares? No, 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 stop. I want you to take some time and sit down like today right after you listen to this podcast and look back across the years of your life and recall what those things were for you what things were you doing that just made the hours zoom by made the days melt away no matter how hard the work was you'd get lost in it you'd find exhilaration in it heck sometimes you probably even found solaced in it. It seemed to even feed your very being. I'd even go so far as to say it fed your soul, right? You could learn about it. You could read about it. You could do it 24-7 and still want to do more. You'd wake up ready to jump out of the bed and get right back into it. You'd lay your head back down on that pillow thinking and dreaming about it all the more. Whatever it was, or whatever it is, find a way to incorporate it back into your life, back into your work, and back into your business, right? You'll not only thank yourself, but guess what? Your clients and customers, yeah, they're going to thank you too. Thought number two, are you happy or are you wearing a mask? 
Russell had an event that put him into the hospital for a couple weeks, if you remember. During this time, he was forced to pause his momentum in his life and in his business. And during this pause, he took a moment to ask himself a very important question, the one I just asked you. Are you happy, right? Are you? Are you happy doing what you're currently doing? If so, my friends, then you are lucky. You're among the lucky few. And you, my friend, I say keep on trucking. If, however, you're amongst those that are not quite so happy doing what they're currently doing, or you know you could be happier doing something else or maybe a modified version of what it is you are doing, then it's time to start to adjust your course now. Perhaps you can take this insight along with the insight from the previous thought that we just gained, right? For looking back at those clues and you can combine them. You can pull those together into a course that you share with others. Start to create that first revenue stream or an additional revenue stream. Now, I can hear you right now. I can hear some of your, you're saying, I don't think people will buy it. Trust me. They most likely will. Let me, let me give you a little story here. I can remember back sometime, gosh, it was like 10 plus years ago now. Oh, I'm just dating myself a little bit here. I created a goal setting course as part of a challenge. Whereas it was more really like a, a competition run by Russell Brunson way back in his early days. And it was a challenge to see who could use his teachings to create one of those free plus shipping offers, right? Who could come up with the most sales? And I thought I was doing pretty damn good with my little course. It sold just over 2,000 units, right? I was really, really excited thinking, man, I'm jamming. I'm doing really good. And I was thinking this after I thought the very same things that many of you are thinking is, no one wants this. And the opposite of that is there are so many people out there already selling this out there, right? There were so many goal-setting courses already out there. Now, all that to say, the winner of the competition sold, as I remember it, nearly 20,000 units. I know it was more than 10,000, but it wasn't quite 20. Maybe it was 18 or something like that. The funny thing, the topic, how to make your own bows. Yeah, I know. I know, right? Really? That's what sold the most of all the entrepreneurs that had jumped into this competition. That's what sold the most. So... I come back to that if you think your topic is unwanted and unneeded, just remember all those that bought the How to Make Your Own Bows DVD. Hmm? And they only spent a couple of hours to record that DVD. So I ask you again, are you happy or are you wearing a mask? Pivoting off that mask thought, thought number three, stop faking it until you make it. Russell shared a thought that you and I know and I truly believe in. Be you. Stop trying to be something you're not. Be who and what you are and you will attract those people that truly want to work with someone just like you. It's when you fake it until you make it that you send out this energy, this vibe, this resonance, right? That generally is not only... Oh, dare I say it, disingenuous. But most people, yeah, they can see right the hell through it. So you really, you're effectively wasting your time. Now, for those people that are unable to see through it, or for those that ignore those signals, and they'll end up making it into your ecosphere. Well, here's what happens then. Uh, some of them will begin to see through that facade that you've put up, and they're going to bail out. As for the rest, well, those are most often the kind of people that you do not want to be working with in the first place. So you end up giving up far too much for far too little. And I don't just mean this in financial terms. I mean, it usually impacts you in so many other ways, chipping away at your time, chipping away at your resources and your integrity. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to keep up that facade, which means more faking. So get off the damn never-ending merry-go-round that comes with faking it until you make it and just be you right where you are today. 
solving the problems that you solve for your clients and your customers. From there, and only from there, can you continue your journey forward toward your goal and attract those who would like to follow you. No, let's not forget this, by the way, right? In doing that, you will also attract the right people to lead you towards your goal far quicker and far easier as well. That's a win-win for everyone, right? Thought number four, blue ocean is a falsehood. Russell brought up a, a great point here by sharing that he and, and I uh, believe that the battle between the blue and the red ocean is a bit of a falsehood. Look, here's the deal. If you step into the red ocean, then that's where the blood is in the water. Yeah, those are where people are competing for the eyeballs of your customer. But guess what? You can use that to your advantage. While your competition spends money advertising, you can leapfrog off that warming up that they're doing with those that resonate with you. I know how. How is the question? By being you. Dude, seriously? Yeah, no, really. In doing that, and when I mean that is by being you, there is some difference that you bring, right? Russell likes to, for example, he likes to work with those angry, frustrated business owners. So while your competition is out there reaching out to all business owners that are in your similar arena, you can leapfrog off their exposure and advertising to focus in on your niched down group. Guess what? Because you focused on them, they will be far more likely to hear you. I mean, really hear you. And you, my friend, will be far more likely to get narrowly focused on their specific issues and create specific problems, or excuse me, specific solutions to their problems just for them. All this just by being you and paying attention to them, all the while while swimming in the red ocean where they already are. Man. What a great episode. There were so many other ideas and thoughts. Which ones, which inspiring tips or ideas or thoughts resonated with you today? Huh? Whatever they were, really take some time and write them down and then get out there and put them into action. And really, I want you to get out there, run your race, get your results, and then come back and let me hear about them. Seriously, email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips or ideas that you come away with at any one of our episodes and any one of the guests I'm lucky enough to bring on. All right, get out there. Share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you gain from them. Probably even bring you on the show and let you share your story. Now, in the meantime, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips, awesome stories from the amazing guests I'm lucky enough to bring on here uh, onto this podcast. So please go on down there, hit that subscribe button. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. Write us some kind words in the review. Heck, ask a question. Leave some constructive criticism. I read every single one of those reviews. And lastly, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.